Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to listen to is an experiment in sound. December 28th marked the series finale of The Comeback, a show on HBO created by Michael Patrick King and Lisa Kudrow. Kudrow plays the main character Valerie Cherish, a klutzy B-level reality actress with an eternal flame for the spotlight in an industry that often wants nothing to do with her. To revive her tanking career, she hires a film crew to follow her around with the hopes of attracting the attention of Bravo. Imagine how wrong that could go. Those who watched the first season of the series, which aired in 2005, didn't learn much of Jane's backstory until the second and final season aired this year. We had a chance to chat with Laura about her days growing up in pastoral New Hampshire, her earlier career as a playwright, and her role on the HBO series The Comeback. Okay, all right, so um, so who are you, where are you from, and what is your profession? <laughs> uh, my name is Laura Silverman. I'm from uh, Bedford, New Hampshire, and I'm an actress. Oh, God, Senator. <laughs> your dog agrees. Um, so... <laughs> So tell, tell me about Bedford, New Hampshire. What was it like growing up there? What were the highs and lows uh, of that place? It's um, past, pastoral, 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 pastoral. I don't know what the word is, like a pasture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rural. Um, I grew up, uh, well, we, we lived in Manchester until I was about nine, and that's like the big city. Um, and then we moved to the country, and we were like country Jews. Okay. They were the, pretty much the only Jews. It was a well. My best friend, you know, Lisa Goldstein, was a half Jew, but was the you know the wrong half. So <laughs> didn't count. But you know, she had the last name. So as far as you know, as far as all the other people were concerned, she was Jewish. So that's how that goes. You know. So I guess you I guess you missed out on like a lot of bar mitzvah, bar and bat mitzvahs growing up. Yeah, I didn't go to very many, if any, actually, because yeah, when in Manchester, the big the big city, there was a, a larger Jewish community, and um, you know, there all that stuff did go on to you know a pretty good extent. But no, we we skipped out on it. <laughs> Just did you, did you have a bar mitzvah? Did you have a bar mitzvah? No, no, we we did not. We were not religious. Like my dad is. My dad is a pretty hardcore atheist, and um, he um, he told us that if we wanted to have bat mitzvahs, that we we could do it, but we couldn't get any gifts or money or anything because <laughs> he was testing us to see if we really wanted to like do it for the right reasons. And of course, we had no interest whatsoever. <laughs> Actually, uh, there was a friend of mine who didn't have one growing up, and uh, because of that, he just had his like he just had his like three months ago at age uh, thirty-two. So oh, really? yeah, yeah, but like, but like for religious reasons, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, he, he just said he just he just wanted to have one. He said he just because wanted. He, yeah, he was just he like wanted a, to do was, some disco dancing. Absolutely, just like a, it was just like a he wanted party. to win the DJ prizes. <laughs> Exactly. It is something you miss out on, having a DJ. Yeah, it is. It was the best party I went to when I was 12. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so in high school, what did your lunch table look like, and where are they now? Oh, God. Um, I'm still in touch with a lot of those girls still, and guys, because there's Facebook, I guess. Um, just uh, kind of, you know, 
I guess, nice girls, smart, smart girls, but a mix, a mix of girls. I went to high school, but the town I grew up in didn't have high school, so we were, like, bused to um, a Manchester high school, which was on the west side, and that's kind of like a French-Canadian area. So we were kind of like the weird, like, uh, country kids in this sort of rougher part of the city. Okay. And um, it was a good mix, you know. It was kind of fun. It made it, it was exciting for me. I liked it. And I immediately made friends with a lot of kids from so, the west side. So, so did your, uh, your knack for improv, did you, uh, did you discover it there? Oh, no, no, I mean, no, I, I think that, um, I, you know, my, I, my best friend remained in Lisa the whole time, and, uh, and also, uh, we, uh, John Steinberg joined the group, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, I think we were just, we were, we were funny, like, we let, we loved to laugh and have fun, and, stuff like that, but the idea of, like, doing comedy or improv or anything like that was never remotely in my mind, ever. Okay. All right, so tell me about uh, Catch a Rising Star in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh, God. How do you even know about that? Research, baby. Research. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, like, I, I think that we were, like, funny kids, and um, when I talked, to kids I went to high school with that I was kind of closer with. Like, I have conversations with them these days. They'll say, like, you were always really funny. And I'll get, I was? Like, I didn't really see other people seeing me that way because I was very shy and introverted. And I thought, you know, I actually thought I would be, like, a writer or something. So, Did you write a lot then? Did you write a lot then? Yeah, I always have. Since I was, like, eight. I used to, like, sit in the guest room on the typewriter and like just like write try to write novels and stories and things. Oh well, um, well, I've we, always been a writer. Can we talk about one of those stories when you were younger? What type of stories did you write when you were little? <laughs> uh, eight year old Laura, what'd you write? I, had, I found one. I have it somewhere I think or it's at my mom's house. I found one and I read it and I was really surprised. Like it was actually really good and I and it's one of those things where you like takes a while before you actually remember that you wrote it. Um, it was something about, like, that I was at the mall with a friend, and then she was, like, stealing, and she made me an accomplice. I didn't know what to do, and we got caught, and I didn't know if I should, like, tell on her or, or not. I don't know, something like that. Based off real-life experiences? It's very complex moral dilemmas and themes. Was it, was it based uh, on real life experience? and I wrote a massively long play really? when I was about 10 well, that was about a family of con artists that were also a music group. <laughs> and I found that. It's types. I mean, I played a boy in it as well. I was usually a boy. <laughs> what type of music did, uh, did this, these con artists play? Um, I probably was like, you like pop, like Partridge Family kind of. They're probably, you know, influenced by the Partridge Family. I'd have to admit, you know, I'm not going to claim that we were like too creative in that department. Did this play have a name? Uh, yes, it was called the O'Connor Con. 
Okay, coming to a coming to a Broadway theater near you, I assume. Yes. <laughs> you are listening to Madcap, and we are talking with Laura Silverman, who plays Jane on the HBO series The Comeback. Here, Laura sheds some insight about the topic of improv. <laughs> so, can we, can we talk about a moment where improv saved you in real life? Um. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to think of right now, but I mean, it basically like is. Just an improv, isn't it? Yeah. yeah actually, all right, um, all right. There's the answer. Right there. That was very profound. It is. Um, it was. Yeah. That was. Uh, God, I wish I could think of something good. Maybe, maybe it will come to me as we speak. All right, all right. So, uh, so your character Jane on the comeback. Um, describe her to me. Like, what? Who? who if I was to meet Jane for the first time, I guess. Like, or if Jane was in this situation, how would Jane respond? Um, I, I don't, well, I mean, here's the thing, like, I can't really, I don't really know, because I, 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 she's a, she's a documentary filmmaker, she's earthy, kind of, she's a rescuer, she rescues animals and people, and she's, you know, she's, She's kind of she's kind of reserved and uh, uh, it's hard to it's hard to say because well it's like I have a hard time describing she's very she's the real she is, has to be like kind of the most real person in the show which means that it makes her very hard to describe because she's not a character she's fluid you can't pin her down. It's like it's it's like when I used to go for in for like voiceover auditions and they'd be like, it's like a Laura on Dr. Cat's character, uh-huh. and then I go I go in for it and I wouldn't get it, and but I'd also be like, well, but that wasn't a voice, it was a it was like a character, it was like an indescribable thing that you, it wasn't just like a voice you put on. So you can't write, like, ad copy about toilet paper or whatever and have it not be in that voice and expect that it's going to come across that way. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know how I would describe Jane because I just do what they tell me to do and try to make it believable. Okay. So I guess what was the, uh, what is, what about... <laughs> Does that sound combative? What did you say? Does that sound combative? No. <laughs> do, I, do I sound combative? No, you don't sound combative. What makes you think you sound combative? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm like I'm battling you on your very earnest question. No, 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 no. Because I, mean, I don't know how to answer it, but I don't. Yeah. Like I could answer that question about like Laura on the Sarah Silverman program because she is like um, more of like a one-dimensional character mm-hmm. in this silly world. So she just has to be this certain way, or it all falls apart. But Jane is like, she's hard to nail down. She's just sort of like, I don't know. Can't describe her. Never thought about it. Well, well, let me well, let me say there's let me say first of all that you're not being combative. Cause the, the way you'd be combative is if I was at, if I was to ask you that question and you gave me a one word answer. <laughs> so I gave so, you like a thirty-seven. Which is what like, I, which is what I'm looking for. Hundred word answer. Which is. Yeah, this is absolutely perfect. I gave you notes notes for my thesis that I will now like refine and. <laughs> I, I look forward to reading it. 
So walk me through a, so walk me through like a, what's a regular day? What was it a regular day of production like for the show? Uh, regular day of production, um, just it's not like any working on any other show because there's not a lot of time spent like lighting. There's no um, camera turnarounds or anything like where you flip around and do the other side. It's all just sort of done like documentary style, verite stuff. So just kind of doing these scenes in big chunks over and over. And Michael, it's usually Michael directing, is watching it, you know, really, really carefully and um, making sure he's getting every little piece that he needs and that everything just sort of feels right. And so it's, it's um, yeah, it's different in that it's very choreographed. It's... Um, a lot, a lot of like hitting your mark and having the right expression on your face at the right time, and um, yeah, well, unlike like other shows, it's usually like you know you you're doing a scene and it, and we do massive numbers of pages in a day, like twelve pages in a day, because you just kind of like power through it and you keep going and going. Whereas other shows, you know, you might do like four pages of dialogue because you have to cover everybody in a close-up and a single and a two-shot, flip it around, you know, over the shoulder. And you really get to, like, you know, you have all these chances to do it different ways and do all this stuff, but it's not like that at all. It's just, we just sort of, like, go through it like it's really happening almost. Has, has there ever been a scene Kind of exciting. What has, all right, so, okay, well, another question is, tell me about the, the worst day of And we have lunch. What? Tell me about the worst day of, day of production where everything just went wrong. It wasn't your fault, but everything went wrong. The worst day in which everything went wrong? Yeah, for, for, I feel like production days, some, some days go smoothly, some days can just go badly. Huh. We really didn't have a day like that, but I would have to say the worst. Yeah, the the scariest worst day we had was when we were doing a night shoot in this mansion in the Hollywood Hills, and it was just getting, like, the logistics of it, like, where the cameras could go, and tight spaces, and all the extras, like, tons of extras, and all, it's freezing cold, and all these women in these skimpy dresses and high heels, and... We're, like, on a hill and, like, even just getting the food. Like, you can't have food in the house and even, like, getting food anywhere close. Like, even just to get to where they could have food, it was, like, an uphill walk. And people, like, just could it's like It's like a bad dream you have where, like, you can't really get anywhere. And people are teetering around on high heels and they're freezing. And then it was getting later and later and later and they couldn't get, like, the dialogue that they needed and the feeling they needed in this shot. They couldn't figure out how to get it and going up and down these stairs and resetting, and the cameramen are exhausted and crumbling, and everyone's just, like, you know, extras are just, like, falling down. And it's getting later and later, and it just starts to feel really scary, like, because we're, like, physically remote and you know, down this hill and people are slipping and falling all over the place and you just feel like, you start to feel like you're in the twilight zone and you're just, you know, we're never going to get out of here and 
you know, people have to play a scene, and it's a comedy. So when this starts to get, and there's no going back to it. There's no getting this house again. There's no getting all these people again. Wow. And it's just, you know, like, this is scary feeling of, like, all right, this just has to happen right now. I mean, then again, it's a TV show. Like, it's not life or death, but, you know, yeah, I... it's, um, the tips intense like that. <laughs> Freezing cold. All right, so I, I, have, I have two more questions mm-hmm. left. Um, so, I, so who in the show makes you laugh most to the point that you like try not to even look at them as they read their lines or as, as they uh, as they recite their lines? To the point that what? You, to the point that you you try not to even look at them because they're going to make you laugh as they as they recite their lines. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, it would probably have to be Lisa because you know she's. Mostly, most of the comedy of the show is Lisa, and um, I'm always looking at her. She's always looking at me, you know. Like, I'm always there. Yeah. There's no time when I'm not there. Like, whenever she's talking to me, I'm really there, whether you see me or not. And um, so, yeah, especially, like, you know, if she loses her place or, yeah. I mean, definitely, with Lisa. Alright, alright, and, um, and our last question is They say an end can be a What is one song of all the world that you would like to close this piece out with? One song all the world that I would like to close this piece out with I've been listening to lately Alright, I want this song that was Laura Silverman, who plays the role of Jane on The Comeback. Did we also mention that Laura is Sarah Silverman's sister? It's a talented-ass family. We figured we'd throw that in there at the end for those who weren't aware of that. Special thanks to Laura for taking the time to chat with us, and special thanks to Rosa and Aaron for helping arrange this interview. Madcap is produced by Daniel Bloom, David Ross, Afim Shapiro, and Juice Snadeke. Snadeke moves up in the world. Our intern is... Christy Nguyen. MadcapDC.org. On Facebook and Twitter at MadcapDC.